Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to episode 125, How to Create a Bright and Cheerful Home, Part 3. In the last couple of weeks, we've talked about two of the three components of creating a bright and cheerful home. We've discussed the physical environment and the emotional environment, and if you have not listened to those, go back and listen to those episodes. Today, we're going to talk about the spiritual environment. And it's kind of like the stool with the three legs. All three components, all three environments are critical in creating a bright and cheerful and happy home. The first part of the spiritual environment of your home is the spiritual dimension of your marriage. Having God at the center of our relationship with our husband is critical. It's critical to a long, happy marriage. Relationships are hard, and the ups and downs of any marriage requires a supernatural outlook, a reason that is bigger than us. Did you know that getting your spouse to heaven is the primary objective in marriage? We are entrusted with this spouse to love and forgive, to challenge and accept, to help him become holy while we also struggle to become holy. We don't do that by nagging or pointing out his faults. Instead, we pray for him, accepting him with all his strengths and weaknesses, and challenging him in a loving way to live with more virtue and supporting him in his struggles. So pray for your husband daily, many times a day. We also want to talk about praying as a couple. Praying together as a couple each night is a way to bond with each other that can't be matched. There have been many nights when we were still simmering from an argument or hurt, and we reached out for each other's hand, as we always do when we pray, and the anger and hurt and resentments melted away. Each couple's prayer time will be different. See what works for you. But here are some ideas of what to pray for together. First, thank God for the day and any special blessings received that day. That helps you acknowledge that blessings are from God. It takes us out of the control that we think we have, and it rightfully puts the control in the hands of God, which is actually where it belongs. Number two, thank him for your marriage and your family and ask him to bless your family with unity and faith. Three, ask God to bless your marriage, to help you both be patient and kind and not jealous or quick-tempered or rude. And ask him to help you bear all things, believe all things and hope in all things, and that your marriage may endure for many, many years to come. Number four, pray for each of your children 
and their particular struggles that they may be having. We mention our children by name. So now we go through all our children, their spouses, and our 16 going on 18 grandchildren. Also include any other relatives that you think need your prayers. Number five, remember specific intentions that you each may have or that you have promised from others that you would pray. And the last one is recite common prayers together. Recite the St. Michael prayer to keep your family safe. Recite the prayer to the Sacred Heart to love each other in your family as Christ loves us. Again, this is going to look different for each couple. Find what works best for you and commit to it every night. We want to talk about how to teach your children to love God. The most effective way to teach the faith to your children is to live the faith, to let it breathe in your family. We follow the liturgical year and we celebrate the holy days as the church celebrates them. Have good conversations about Jesus and his life as soon as you can when they are very young, even like one to two years old. They begin to hear the name Jesus. They begin to make him a part of their day and their family. You can also begin teaching your children prayers very early. They may not be able to say every word correctly, but they'll master them as they get older. Pray together as a family each night before the children go to bed. Make that a part of your bedtime routine. We used to get everyone in their PJs, brush teeth, and then we would sit together in the family room to say our prayers together. This was a great opportunity to get the children in the habit of thanking God for specific things of the day. Each child has the chance to say, thank you, God, for... And you'd be amazed at what they really want to thank God for. It's really cute. And when our grandchildren come to spend the night now, I've seen how our children have brought that tradition down to their children. And it's so sweet that they go right into thank you, God, for... Usually it's staying at grandma and grandpa's house. (laughs) So, yeah. So pray together as a family. We want to teach our children to trust in God. Praying together as a family also allows the children to see our humility and dependence on God. We also vocalize our prayer intentions when we pray together as a family. When my husband Michael was diagnosed with stage 3 colon cancer 16 years ago, every night as a family, we prayed a special prayer that Michael wrote asking God for a complete cure if it was God's will. He wrote a special prayer to Pope John Paul II. We had a special love for him. And so the children loved to say that prayer for dad. I think that our children saw our submission to God and his goodness and were subject to his will rather than our own. The children heard us asking God for help. We will not convince our children of God and his love by telling them over and over that they must believe. We will convince them by how we love how we pray, and ultimately, how we believe. The next point in creating the spiritual environment in your home is make Sunday church an important event. Make our Lord's Day on Sunday a really big deal. We had one to two church outfits for each child with church shoes that the children wore every Sunday. I think they still call them church shoes. (laughs) 
No jeans, no shorts, no tennis shoes. We dressed up and taught the children the importance of going to church as if we were going to see the most important person in the world. And actually, we were. And church was always followed with a donut or bagel stop. We brought the deliciousness home, sat around the kitchen table, and just spent some lazy moments together before everyone went off about their day. Remember that it's up to us to teach our children their faith. Don't leave that to the schools or CCD classes or anyone else. Learn your faith. Read the Bible. Attend a retreat each year. Read good, spiritually nourishing books and commit to a life of personal prayer. At least 10 to 15 minutes a day to take your personal intentions to Him. But more importantly, to listen to Him and what He has to say to you. Many of you probably know that I have received spiritual formation from Opus Dei for over 30 years. It's an organization within the Catholic Church whose mission it is to form good Catholics, good Christians, to help us know our faith so that we can live our faith. So if you've not heard of it, you could go to opusdei.org. You can read more about it, and it's just one place. The church has many places where you can learn about your faith, but it's the place that I have learned so that I can live it and teach it. And while it's important to teach our children the facts of our faith, it can be done easily without pounding memorization facts every day into their little heads. When I was homeschooling, so many people asked what textbooks I used. I did use the Faith and Life series, but as I said before, the children really learned their faith because their mom and dad learned their faith, loved their faith, and practiced their faith. God was another member of our family who was spoken about regularly. The final dimension that I want to speak about in the spiritual environment of your home is about loving each other. As Jesus said, this is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. This is how we deal with each other in our home. We teach our children that laying down our life can mean giving up our will, not arguing or demanding their own way, and being kind when we don't feel like it. We teach the children to love each other with the same spirit of sacrifice that Jesus had. And we love our spouse the same way. Teach your children to forgive 70 times, 7 times, which is just as you know, a fancy way of saying always perfection to the very end. As parents, we model forgiveness for our children, quickly forgiving our spouse and never holding on to resentments. Is that easy? No. We've been married for 37 years. It gets easier, but it is not easy. Many people think that marriages that last a long time just don't have serious problems. That would be incorrect. The marriages that last a long time have gone through all the problems that everyone else goes through. Selfishness, self-centeredness, addictions, 
sometimes mental illness and sometimes physical illness, serious physical illness. But it's what we do with those circumstances that decide whether or not we're going to have a long-lasting marriage or one that we give up on. Don't forget, the primary purpose of marriage is to get your spouse and you and your children to heaven. Don't give up on that goal. Make that your primary focus of your family. So where to begin? If you don't live a strong faith life in your family already, talk with your husband about that missing piece. Come up with a strategy. Remember small steps in the beginning to bring the faith alive in your home. I can absolutely guarantee you that it will make a profound difference in your family and home life. Make a resolution today to speak with your husband. Help him lead the family to a more faith-filled atmosphere. Come up with just one to two ways you can bring the faith alive in your home. Begin with church on Sunday, every Sunday. After that, add prayer, family prayer to your life. When you master those new ways, come up with one or two more ways. It will enrich your home, it will bring peace to your home, and it is the foundation on which everything else in your home, in your relationships, is built upon. Take care. Do you have a life coach who helps you be the woman you want to be, the woman God has called you to be? Who helps you sort through your marriage or parenting difficulties and helps you create the mindset you need to embrace your vocation with joy and gratitude? If you're looking for a coach, I would be so honored to help you. Email me at janet at findingjoyinmotherhood.com.